Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve. God. Awesome. All right, so I wanted to talk tonight about end time. Not end, E-N-D, but end time. And you know, in life a lot of times... We either worry about, you'll find people that are afraid, especially right now. They're afraid of the future and they operate in fear. Or maybe you have some Christians that believe we're in the last days, like time is almost running out. Other people live outside of time, and I think you can relate to this. When you live outside of time, you either either live in the past or you're living in the future. How many of you are afraid of what may happen? You know, I love what Joyce Meyer says. She goes, worry has babies. If you ever notice when you start to worry, like even as a church, if we're struggling financially, all of a sudden we're like, what if the water stops wor- or, you know, stops working? What if people don't show up anymore? What if this happens? What if that happens? And you start to live in something that God doesn't want you living in. You're living outside of time. God wants us to live in time. Amen? Anybody in here worried sometimes? Anybody in here? Anybody worried right now? Man, I like this. We got, we got some warriors in here. Jesus Christ said the following verse, Matthew six thirty four. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want you to listen to the message version, though. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now right now. You ever hear me and Bob were talking about this the other day? Aaron's got her arm up right now, right now. Because what do we hear people all the time? God's getting ready to do something. God's getting ready to do something. I'm like, don't we need him to do something right now? Here's the interesting thing I used to always wonder about, because he's a now God. Here's what it actually means, that we have immediate access to his power and his presence. See, a lot of time when we're believing in a now God, Cameron, if you have a prayer request, you're believing, God, you better answer that right now. And he's like, no, no, no. I just need you to access my power right now. Because then you can have peace even when there's a pandemic or when you're struggling in your job or your relationships or your finances because he is a now God. And it says, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know, they say 95% of what you worry about never happens, and the other 5% you have no control over. So we really should live stress-free. And all the men said, amen, amen. Is my wife still in here or did she leave? Oh, no, she's in the back. Oh, man. I can feel the pressure right now. You know, I said the other night when we had the men's event, Marcus, you're new, right? Marcus, this is your first time on a Wednesday night? Yeah, we, went on, we met on uh, Sunday morning in the men's group. Where's Tim? Tim, your first time at church? Just got to tell you this. My wife runs our school Wednesday night. We had this huge event, like 600 people. So finally at the end, I get up for like the last minute. And the only reason I got up is because Pastor Bob wasn't feeling good, or he probably would have gotten up. And I said this about my wife. 
I said, she's a great woman, but we all know this. For every great woman, there's even a greater man behind them. And all the men said, come on, don't get scared. Don't get scared. Come on, Tony. <laughs> all the guys are like, honey, is that all right? Can I say that? That's scaring me right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the sofa. I love you. So if we get caught up in what may or may not happen, then we f- won't focus on today, especially people with young kids. Tracy and Jenna, you have young kids. If you don't focus on today, you miss out on stuff. Like you're always going, you know, I wish, like your mind's somewhere else, but you're not engaged in the conversation at the time. Connie, when Cameron is talking to you, do you and you're talking to him, do you want him engaged in that conversation? Absolutely. All the ladies said. Oh, yeah, they didn't even say amen. They're like, yeah, yeah. Right? What's the matter with most men? We don't listen or pay. We're paying the bills, but we ain't paying attention. You know what I'm saying? And if he ain't paying, you know, I just, just as a side note, you know, when you uh, meet a woman that starts dating a guy and she's like, oh, he's so laid back. Just remember when you get married, laid back means lazy. I'll just let that settle for a second. All right. So what I want to do with this verse, Matthew 6, 34, is kind of do a reverse engineer with the verse. Now, you ever watched a movie where they start out and then they show you a scene and then they go six months ago, a year ago. So what I want to do is go back in time and explain why Jesus said this verse. Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 27. He said this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, whether you have enough, uh, I'm sorry, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? John, can they? A single moment to your life. See, if you worry about stuff so much, you just never enjoy anything. And then what we do is we start to play God. We know more about what's going to happen because we flip on the news and go, hey, man, I was watching Fox News. You know what Tucker Carlson said tonight? I don't know, but I know what the Holy Spirit said. I know that burns a little bit, but... Because here's what happens. Worry removes God from an equation. So you've had people around you that went, man, I have this spot on my face. Then they Google spots on their face. Then the next thing they know, they self-diagnose. They have cancer and they're going to be dead in six months. Because worry has babies. Worry has babies. How many of you are carrying around some babies right now you need to uh, deliver? Because you've got a lot of worry inside of you, and you're not allowing God to carry you through that stuff. Amen? So as I was typing up this message, me, Pastor Bob, and Pastor Susan, we were in her office, and we were actually having a discussion about worry. And Su- Susan legitimately, she goes, there's a lot to worry about. There is. I guess you could always say in life. But the reason that we worry is because we forget that God is is Jehovah Jireh, 
which means, come on, come on, what is it? He's what? Come on, Jackie, say it again. He's our provider. God will provide. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus Christ. You see how excited that gets you? See, that's what's great. When someone's up preaching, you better hope the Holy Spirit's speaking through them because that's what's going to get you excited about things because we believe we have to be the provider or someone else is the provider. God did a, or I'm sorry, well, Bob sometimes is like God. I was going to say Bob, but. <laughs> All right, we're just going to close in prayer right now. No, but Bob did a sermon one time, and I think it was a series where he talked about source and resource, how God is the source, and he continues to resource us. But if you don't believe that, after a while, you start believing you have to be the provider. You believe that you have to be the answer. And when you do that, you carry a pressure that you're not meant to carry. Most famous people don't make it because human beings were never meant to be worshipped. Why do you think people like Michael Jackson, Prince, uh, Whitney Houston, all these people, they start becoming worshipped and they can't handle it? Nobody can handle worship. Only Jesus Christ can. Matthew six twenty-eight through 30 says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Made me think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So wildflowers, Jesus is going, they'll be in the fire tomorrow. Guess what? You may be in the fire tomorrow. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were getting ready to be thrown in, they told the king, and they went, if God saves us, that's good. And if he doesn't, that's good too. Because we're not going to bow to you. So here's what I would say, is if you're worried about a fire in your tomorrow, that's all right. Because when they looked in, they went, oh, there's a fourth guy. And his name is Jesus Christ. The best part of that story is, is when they come out, Connie, you already know this. Nothing was burned. Not even smelling like smoke. Man, think about that for a minute. Man, I think sometimes, and I know I make the mistake of this, if you just think about the power of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. Everything. Not even the smoke. You couldn't even smell the smoke. If we started living like that, if we started understanding that God is our source, man, it changes everything. I want to show you a clip um, by Billy Graham that's called Life is Short. It's actually a few minutes long, and just to kind of get the point across, and then I'll come back up here and do a little bit more for you guys. is short. What is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. If I told, if someone had told me when I was 20 years old that life was very short and would pass just like that, I wouldn't have believed it. 
And if I tell you that, you don't believe it either. I cannot get young people to understand how brief life is, how quickly it passes. It seems like yesterday I was in school. Every one of us here has been given the same amount of time in a day. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours per week. 70 years God allows us. And it's interesting to me, with all of our medical science, we've never passed that magic mark. The average American male today lives 70 years and four months. The average female, 73 years and six months. More people live to be 70. But the average age of an American is still 70, as taught in the scriptures. What a thing it is when you think that you have just one short life to spend and it'll soon be over. I'd write down my priorities in life. And I'd get committed to certain priorities. Now is the accepted time. The things we ought to do, the classes we ought to take, the books we ought to read. Do it now. The family that needs you, spend more time now. Write that letter home now that you've been meaning to write. Money you ought to give, give now. Time for study, do it now. People you ought to witness to, do it now. Every time the clock ticks, it seems to say now. Today, if you will hear his voice. There may not be a tomorrow for you and for me. Because there's a warning to time. Time is running out for all of us. Time is too short for indecision and vacillation. Do not halt between two opinions. Fools say that time is long. Every morning we have 86,400 seconds to spend and to invest. And each day the bank named time opens a new account for you and for me. It allows no balances and no overdrafts. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. The Bible says redeem the time because the days are evil and the days in which we're living are very evil. If there was ever a time for the gospel that can transform the human heart, it's now. Jesus said as long as it is day, we must do the work of him that sent us. The night is coming when no man can work. The night is going to come in your life. Yet there was a serenity about the work of the Lord Jesus. It's the quality of life, not the length. Jesus only had 33 years and it ended on the cross. To the world, he was a failure at that moment. Yet at the end of his life, he said, I finished the work that thou gavest me to do. It doesn't matter whether you live another year or two years or five years. Will your work be finished? Is there a quality to it? Is there a dedication to it? Suppose all of our members tithe their time to witness for Christ as we tithe our income for the church. Fill your heart with the word of God. I've found that those who know the scriptures are the ones that have the power today. But we need men and women who walk with God. And if you do that, you too can finish the work that God gave you to do. And help us to realize the brevity and the urgency of time. And may we invest what little time we have in the kingdom of God. Hey, why don't we do this real quick?
because we have a little bit of extra time. And I'm going to have, at the end when I get done, I was going to have Pastor Bob get up and close because I think he's always got a word. But before we uh, finish the teaching, because, you know, we always talk about, you ever have someone come up to you and go, hey, can you pray for me? And then you walk away and you, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I try not to do that anymore. When someone goes, hey, can you pray for him? I just turn around and pray for him. So I'm going to ask, is whoever's next to you, and if you have to move, go find someone, find out what their prayer request is, and for the next few minutes, pray over each other. And then we'll get back to the teaching. Don't be afraid to do it.
So did you guys get to know each other and get some prayer requests in? Tell me, tell me what your name is again. Jessica. You were here the last first Wednesday we had. Yes. Yeah, I remember they sat over here too. Chris, right? And your daughter's Raven. Your little sister. Sorry. <laughs> Almost got it right. Now, you know, I don't know, I don't know you. I know I've met you. If, I don't know you personally, but I know we've met a couple times on a Sunday morning, I think, too. But, you know, I'm just going to tell you, I think God's got some really great things for you. I don't know what's happened in your past, but I think God's kind of mending things back together and just continue to press into his kingdom. He'll restore all the stuff to you that maybe you feel like has been stolen. So he's a good God. So I think the main thing for us is that we have to stop living like Christian atheists. You know what a Christian atheist is? They believe in God, they say, but they live like he doesn't exist. Bob was saying on Sunday, how many people show up to church after the pandemic? Not as many there as there was before the pandemic. Because they talked about God. I knew people are like, God, I'll call fire down from heaven. I'll do anything for you. I'll give my life for you. And he's like, I just need you to come out of your house. And I'm not trying to downplay a virus or anything like that. If you were someone that needed to wear a mask or really protect yourself, good for you. But fear took over. And when fear takes over, you become a Christian atheist. I think Susan talked about, um, who was the evangelist that went overseas? Reinhard Bonnke. And then he ended up coming back to the United States because he realized the United States needed to be re-evangelized. Because there were so many people in the United States that claimed they were Christians, but they actually didn't know Christ. If you take Christ out of Christian, you've got a problem. There's a lot of people that do that. They take Christ out of Christian. And then you can start a church, and any sin is okay after a while. How many of you know we love the sinner, but we hate the sin? So if I get up here and I go, hey, we used to say this when we were youth pastors. They would get mad at us, so we talked against the gay lifestyle or the lesbian lifestyle or uh, fornication or any of that stuff. And then I would go, what if next week me and Suzanne show up and I say, I'm going to start the church of adultery, and I'm going to show up with Suzanne and my girlfriend? You see, it got all tight in here all of a sudden. <laughs> because you got, but honestly, how many churches do we have now that are starting to go, that doesn't really matter how you live. doesn't really matter. But it does matter. Matthew 6, 31 and 32. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Unbelievers are anxious, always worried about the next thing that's going to happen. Believers, that's why we're called believers. What was it, the monkeys? Daydream believer? And a homecoming. Did they have the monkey pox or anything like that? No. Daydream believer, homecoming queen. But see, when you're a believer, you don't worry about the next thing because he's in the next thing. Why do you think it's faith? It's the hardest thing about Christianity. You know, I was telling uh, Sierra today, my oldest daughter, we were talking about Bob and Susan. I said, you know, 48 years pastoring a church. Do you know the average church lasts three to five years? Three to five years. 
They didn't quit. I mean, they could have quit after 10 years, and everybody went, 10 years? That's a long time. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, almost 50 years. See, some of you, look at that. That's God calling right there. Aaron, tell him I said hello. I think my wife has been interrupting them phone calls recently. Where'd she go? She's gone. Oh, my wife left the building. Elvis left the building. Because God said he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So you guys ready to end this? Yeah. I want to end this and then have Pastor Bob get up. So here's how we need to live our life without being dominated by worry. You know this verse well, Matthew 6, 33. I have the New Living Translation up, but I always remember the one when I first got saved. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. I think we have a hard time believing the all. Susan always says salvation means sozo. Is that right? Which means when you get saved, it's just not that you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes in front of you. Like God in all areas of your life. So if you go into John 10.10 10 and he says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you an abundant life, that abundant, that's a cup, Bruce, that just keeps pouring over, over, over. Now, anybody in here dealt with drug addiction or alcohol before? You know, when you're at the bar, you're like, bartender, bring that drink over and over. And No, no, no. We're talking about a cup that never runs dry. How many of you need a cup that never runs dry? If he's a now God, we can believe it never runs dry. When we seek God first through prayer, our relationship with him deepens, and we're no longer distracted or anxious. Living righteously means to separate yourself from the world, not from people, from the world, because the world will tell you one thing but the word will tell you something else. Jesus Christ was the word. Do you know in the Trinity, Jesus is the word. He's the walking word. And when the word speaks, you better listen. Remember the commercial? It would say Merle Lynch when he's, yeah. Well, this is Jesus Christ. So when he speaks, if you listen, he'll guide you. And every time you take a step of faith, you don't have to worry about anything. Right, Meredith? Don't have to worry about anything. She's like, yeah, because I got that good-looking man back there in the sound booth. Let's give it up for Michael. Michael, he's been doing sound. He just started. Amaryllis is back there doing the live feed. Andrew, we got Alexis that's doing the media for me. Yeah, let's give it up for Alexis. Johnny back there. Oh, my wife is actually standing in the sound booth. Man, that woman is blessed. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. All right, here we go. Pastor Bob's going to get this last 10 minutes. If we do all these, if we, if we don't worry, we don't get anxious, and we allow God to work in our lives, you all know this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's say that again. Our Father who art in heaven, You bring the kingdom of God to earth when you allow your will. you got to submit your will to his. You know, once again, when the three, on this last thing I'm going to say, when the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the fire, and it said nothing, nothing burned them, no smoke on them. Because you know why? Because they eliminated self. 
It was all about Jesus. That king, when he looked in, when he seen that fourth person, he's like, oh, he's different. See, when you allow yourself, your will to be submitted under God's will, that's when you'll start to see Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen? All right, let's give it up for Pastor Bob. Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you, and we are believing God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.